I'm with Firewind. You're listening to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Thank you, Gus. Gus G. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Well, all right, now it's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and I am Dr. Fucking with me is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley. That's right. And Ian, uh, we're doing one of those, hey, pay and we'll, 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 do your, your, we'll do your review, and this one, uh, this guy paid enough to actually be on the show, and who is that? That is none other than Brian Davis, man. We thank you so much, Brian, for joining us today. No I thank problem, you more man. than Ian, buddy. Because, uh, <laughs> this is one I don't have to study. All right. Well, I'm glad. You know, Pale was the foundation of radio, and I'm glad it's carrying over to podcasting. Uh, it's great to talk to the legendary Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Thank you for putting me first. About time. He knows, he knows the deal. He knows the oh, drill. Definitely. I know I know where the bread is buttered. So. Yeah. Not only does he put me first, but he adds legendary. That's right. See, he... Yeah, he knows his stuff. Yeah. No, no, he works at a free clinic. That's why he knows. <laughs> it. Well, hey, I have to be legendary somehow, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, we're doing we're doing the nineteen what nineteen ninety three maybe ninety four. Yeah, ninety four album Pride and Glory. Uh, now my picked up day of release. Huge Zach Wild fan. And I was really looking forward to this one because I was raised with a bunch of rednecks. Back in the 70s, and, uh, you know, Southern Rock was a thing of the past. And uh, finally, here comes a band, you know, and I knew this was coming. Uh, it was going to be called Leonard Skinhead, but uh, because uh, he did some shows with Leonard Skinhead during the Ozzy tour, but this band was supposed to be called Leonard Skinhead, but due to Leonard Skinner about to sue him or some shit, I don't know, lawyer, gun bomb. So he changes the pride and glory. And uh, I saw Pride and Glory once, but I will talk about that later. And um, yeah, and let me tell you, when I first put it on, I was so fucking happy. And I thought, actually, all right, this is going to fucking explode because we're living in a day where, you know, alternative and all this, you know, the new, you know, this thing. And I thought, well, you know, Southern Rock is a thing of the past. Nobody really knows it. Southern Rock is so kick-ass that people are going to gravitate to this, but boy, was I wrong. This fucking, this didn't do well. I mean, did so bad that Zach's next album was a solo album, unfortunately. But that's, uh, that's my story of when I bought it. Alrighty. That's how I discovered it. Well, Brian, why don't you tell us uh, not only how you discovered this album, but how you discovered the podcast. Sure, sure. I, you know, I first, I think I heard you guys, uh, or at least Ian mentioned on Decibel Geeks, and you were often the Geek of the Week because you shared uh, on your Facebook page and everything. Uh, so I decided to look you guys up and, and check out the, uh, you know, the number of episodes you did, and I realized that 90% of the albums you reviewed I own. So I was like, you guys have to be good. So I went from the very beginning Ooh. all the way through, 
And, uh, you know, I heard the, the intro, you know, the intro years with, you know, the Pete Best years all the way up to <laughs> what it is now. And, uh, and I say that with, with all due respect, and I, I, I love the early years, too. But, it, you know, I love Ralph's memories of, you know, going to concerts and things like that. Just always had great insight. I loved hearing that stuff. And Ian had me on the second episode, which was Enter the Outdoor, where he described Hot Dog as a steaming turd. And I was at work. And I could not stop laughing. I was laughing like a maniac, and people are looking at me. But it was—you guys had me at steaming turd. So. Well, it was great having you on the show, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Hang up on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he paid yeah. money. <laughs> I did. It. Oh, that's right. Goddamn. Chip in now. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> Pretend and, to like hot dog, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, but that—that's how I discovered you guys, and I've been a loyal listener ever since. And every Sunday is like a, a total treat because you know you guys always deliver every Sunday, and it's it's awesome. 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 Yeah. Well, hey, look. A- hey, look at that, Ian. This guy discovered us from you for a change. Yeah. There, there you go. Well, you you yeah. There, there you go. Hey, Ian, you're doing your job, bro. Uh, thanks, Thank Dor- you, Decibel Geek, for yes. for being for making them nerd of the week. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, yes. this was before I found out the, the Vinnie Vincent episode, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the much-loved or hated Vinnie Vincent episode. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> but as for discovering Pride and Glory, you know, most like most fans, I discovered Zach Wilde through Ozzy, of course, and No Risk for the Wicked and the No More Tears albums. And I was too young to really, you know, go through the Randy Rhodes years. So Zach was kind of like my first guitar hero. So when Ozzy was going to, you know, stop touring after No More Tours, or at least that's what he said. Um, you know, I figured Zach would do an album that was more, um, you know, like Ozzy. And so, much to my surprise and delight, that the sound was a lot like heavy Southern rock, like Leonard Skinner and the Almonds, and throw in, you know, like Mountain, like Leslie West Mountain in there. And so, as uh, Ralph said, you know, the band was a cover band, Leonard Skinhead, which was basically the rhythm section of White Lion. So, Greg D'Angelo was on drums and James Lomenzo on bass and then eventually Brian Tishy replaced D'Angelo and that's Pride and Glory. I was lucky enough to see uh, Pride and Glory three times uh, in the wow. summer fall of 94. Yeah. And not knowing that, you know, they would never reunite. That was pretty much it. So I saw him open up for uh, Ted Nugent and Skinner in the San Francisco area where I grew up and I still live. Um, and a couple months later, they headlined their own club show in Palo Alto at a place called The Edge. And they played the whole Pride and Glory album. They played Fairies Wear Boots. They played War Pigs. They played Sweet Home Alabama. It was just great. Then the next night, they opened up for Aerosmith during the Get a Grip tour. So I got to see them, you know, pretty much as much as you could if you if you lived out here. And I was really lucky to. Wow. They did do one That's reunion awesome. show in 1998 at the Whiskey. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the last time. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish he would do something like this again. You know, it would, it would really be a cool thing. I saw, I saw, oh wait, I'm sorry, now Ian. Uh, no, I don't have a whole lot to say. I didn't buy this when it came out. Uh, and it's one of those things that, you know, there wasn't a particular reason. Like, I hated it, because I saw the, the video for Losing Your Mind. I was like, whoa, that wasn't, you know, what I was expecting. You know, especially when he opened up his mouth and you sound like that. You know, I was like, whoa, holy fuck, he sounds like some old black dude on the porch with, you know, with the banjo and shit. I mean, totally, did, that wasn't the voice that I was expecting to come out of his mouth. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I did hear about Leonard Skinhead in, in magazines and stuff like that, so I knew he had a passion 
uh, for this kind of music, but I was still taken back when I actually saw the video. And I remember a friend of mine bought it, and uh, and he liked it. Uh, I don't think he went like you know over the moon about it, but he but he liked it. But at that time, it was pretty much all like Pantera and Kiss for me, you know. And and this one just kind of uh, slipped through the cracks. And like, like I didn't get Book of Shadows when that first came out. I really got into Zach Solo stuff around uh, I would say the second. Uh, BLS album because my friend he bought the first one he kept going on and on about it but I never listened to it but then Stronger Than Death came out and then I you know went back and I bought this when uh, when it was remastered but I still think it might have been one of those where uh, you know so many times I'll jump at a CD especially back in the day like if it's the bonus edition like you know it's never going to be made again so I'll get it but I had so many CDs sometimes I wouldn't listen to one for a while and I don't know if I ever listened to this all the way through because just about everything sounded so damn fresh when I listened to it getting ready for the review. Uh, so it's damn near like a new album, you know, and I definitely have a fresh, you know, perspective on it. I don't have like the years to listen to it like you guys do. <laughs> but uh, but I, I am a big Zach Wilde fan and uh, and I would definitely like to see, you know, another Pride and Glory album. Yeah. Uh, I think it would be incredible. But uh, you had, you had something else to add? Ralph, before we get started? Well, yeah, I was just going to talk about the time I saw Pride and Glory. This was maybe, you know, about a year after the album came out, and it was a free show here in Miami Bayfront Park, and uh, they weren't even headlining. It was the headliner was a band called I Mother Earth. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they headlined, but Zach came out. But the funny thing here's a funny story about this. Number one, it was a different rhythm section. It wasn't really Pride and Glory. It was mm. Zach with two other guys. They were good though. They oh, was it? Out, a, but... Was it JD? That guy JD that was playing in Black Label now too. You know, I don't know. I, I, okay. I mean, it was a th- it was a three piece. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I know. Uh, but anyway, so um, what was funny about this show though? Zach got injured before he came out on stage, and he almost didn't play. Mm. Uh, they were they the guy came out saying, "Oh, Zach, wow, he fell backstage like." downstairs fucked himself up fucked up his arm and he came out and his whole arm was bloody and he played a blistering set you want to take track one there brian sure uh so again losing your mind it opens up with kind of the banjo intro that that uh ian was talking about which i think was really interesting and probably done on purpose uh probably to give ozzy fans a clue that this was not going to be like an ozzy album um, you know, during this era, I love Zach's voice during Pride and Glory and the Book of Shadows era. I think it's perfect, and it's really got that heavy Greg Allman influence, which, you know, right around the time of this recording, Greg Allman just, just passed away about a week ago. Um, so, and I think that that kind of style really works well for, for Zach. Um, I think Losing Your Mind was kind of an odd choice as a lead single, because I think there are far stronger songs on the album. But with that being said, it is a cool song terrific breakdown in the middle and just a ripping Zach solo, which is what you would expect and, and you get that throughout this whole album. I think this was the only video released in the US and so it's kind of cool to watch this video and see Zach, you know, in his beardless, skinny era before he became like the, the Viking of, of Black Label Society. So just it's a it's a cool song, but I think they could have opened up with, with something different and I'll get to that later. Alright, Ralph, yeah. what do you think? 
Love it. Love it. This was uh, released on, on Headbangers Ball before the album came out. Uh, blew my mind. You know, like I was talking earlier, I'm a big uh, Southern rock fan from back in the day. And uh, hearing this, I was like, oh, man, I really did have... I, I was thinking this may be like the next thing, you know, from the alternative shit, then maybe this will spring up a bunch of Southern rock bands. And I thought this was going to be like the the forerunner of the new wave of southern rock i really did have high hopes for this and you know geffen records uh well promoted and i i just think the song smokes um i i love the little banjo i love the video the video in the swamps and mm -hmm. very southern rock looking with the old man and the snake and and zach wearing that fucking like uh that hat with a little rebel flag on it and, the gas mask. Uh, the, the gas mask, yeah, and the swords, and and then that smoking guitar solo in the middle. I mean, the video is heavy, heavily edited yeah. from uh, the actual <clears throat> recording on the album, but it's it's just a great song, and I thought this song was going to be huge, but they dropped the ball because I think it was only shown on Headbangers Ball back then. It wasn't really a <clears throat> heavily played on you know rotation on mtv so i think that probably hurt it too and and uh i don't think people were ready for this at the time and it's funny now in retrospect you know if you see anybody online that likes zach wilde but i mean that hates zach wilde they always say i like the pride and glory stuff but yeah, yeah. everything <laughs> after that you know he became a fake biker you know, after that, I was like, well, dude, he was a fake Southern guy. He's from New Jersey. <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference, true. you know? Yeah. Like, I did him. Uh, the last time I saw Zach Wilde was um, was an unplugged thing. It was before Book of Shadows 2 came out, like maybe two years ago. And he opened with Losing Your Mind on mm. that show. And uh, it's unfortunate this is the only one he'll play from that album now on. But uh, I did see the Book of Shadows tour in a, a fucking restaurant of all places it was a restaurant and it was like we were all sitting down and he did you know he did uh, some uh, piano playing and he threw out a couple songs from this album and I'll tell you what it was he played live you know so I did get to see him do some of the the mellower piano songs live which was such a fucking treat but yeah there you go that's what I think of uh, Losing Your Mind Ian uh, I love it I, I think uh it's a great way to open the album, a great representation of the album, and I don't think really there could have been a better single, because if, if you don't like this, I really can't see you getting into anything else on the album. Um, now, I, I think a lot of it had to do with, with the time when it came out, though, like Ralph said, you know, you know, grunge was, was taking over. Uh, so it's, it's hard. I think maybe he was killed, you know, commercially and push-wise because of his association with Ozzy. And even though Ozzy's been kind of bulletproof throughout the trends, you know, he's still considered, you know, a guitar player from that generation. And at that time, it was all about just, you know, a couple of chords, you know, and, and Nirvana shit. Uh, definitely more than Southern Rock. And, and then, you know, he didn't have the cock rock look or anything. But uh, at a time when everybody's wearing flannel, he comes out looking like fucking Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. so I, I think it was just it, it was a hard push uh, besides preaching to the choir you know people who love Ozzy were going to check this out but they would have to be people who love Ozzy 
and love Leonard Skinner as well, you know, and, and there's a decent amount of those, but, you know, I could see this being too hillbilly for somebody that just wants to hear, you know, Ozzy, but uh, I loved it, like I said, I don't, I don't know why I let it slip through the cracks, because I always did love this song, um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a great single and, and perfect way to open it. And then we go into the second track, which was the second single off the uh, album. Now, they did make a video for this, uh, but you don't think it was released in the States, Brian? Yeah, I think no, I it was. Yeah, I think it was it like was. a Japan-only release. Oh, um, yes, but I thought, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And I believe Canada, too. I believe much music did play it. I, I don't know if it's the best... Uh, one for a second single this this is where i would argue you know single release uh because i, I mean it's it's not the the same as losing your mind but but it's in vain and i think like if if you were trying with that one and you failed maybe you should have you know went with a different side of this album because this is more of the same but i do i do dig the song it's not uh it's not in my top five but uh but it definitely don't suck i dig it what do you think, Brian? I think I think musically this song is very Zach Wild off. Not vocally, but riff wise, uh, it it's, just sounds like yeah. something he would have done in Ozzy. It's got yeah. that it's crunchy guitar. Yeah, it's got that crunchy I mean you hear it, you know it's Zach Wild. You know? So I think that's that's uh, the difference. Uh, it's one of the rare songs on here that has that riffage that he would use in Ozzy, that type of riffage. But go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so this, I mean, just like you said, this is kind of what, if you didn't know this was going to be a Southern rock album, I, you, you figured this would, this is what the album would sound like, um, you know, when you first hear the, hear the band. But it's a killer groove, killer stomp from Zach. And this is also, I think, where Brian Tissue really shines. He really does an awesome song, uh, awesome job on this song. It's a very 70s sounding track to me, and it's definitely one of my favorite rockers on the album. And uh, and you guys mentioned about the about the music video. I, there's a funny story about Zach and his, his kind of outfits back then with the huge bell bottoms. I guess uh, Geezer Butler was talking to him like when they were on tour during No Risk for the Wicked. I mean, Zach would always wear kind of those leather bell bottoms during that era. And and Geezer was like, "Why are you wearing these these giant bell bottoms? Like, you know, are we born in the '70s or something like that?" And Zach's like, "You got to pay a lot of money to look this stupid." So like he had those special yeah. made. And everything so that was kind of funny but yeah it's not, it's not that i thought losing your mind was a bad single it's just, as you had said i don't i don't know if there was a perfect single on this album that would have done well just for that music uh, landscape at the time but i think if someone was thinking about what zach would be after ozzy i think horse call war is probably what they would originally have thought of before southern rock yeah i i agree and also at that time this is why i thought the shit was going to explode Mm -hmm. Because at the time, everything was changing so fast. And as much as, you know, we want to pinpoint uh, grunge to be a certain a look, a certain amount. But if you really think about it, like the Smashing Pumpkins had their own look. And they were huge. Uh, Jane's Addiction and all these bands were not really grunge looking. And I felt like this would have been uh, fit in, like as far as being different than everything else going on at the time. Brian, did you talk about Horse Called War? Yeah. I did. I yeah. did. Next okay. is uh, Shine On. All right. Why don't you take it? Cool. So Shine On is uh, the, the song that they closed out most of their shows with. Um, just because at the end, even during the album track, it's kind of a jammy uh, end, and it was perfect for live. So the intro of the song kind of reminds me of what would become with, like, Government Mule, um, which is Warren Haynes' band. And, and yes. Warren Haynes was in the Allman Brothers. 
So, you know, this totally makes sense because Zach is totally influenced by the Almonds. Uh, and I really love how this, this song kind of turns into like a mountain song. Leslie West's uh, band and uh, definitely the riffage and the cowbell drumming. And I know Ralph isn't a big, you know, harmonica guy, but I really enjoy harmonica and rock music when it's coming, like, you know, from a genuine place and uh, it doesn't sound forced and it definitely doesn't sound forced on Shine On like it does for some of those, you know, the hair bands in the, in the early 90s. Um, and also a fun fact is, you know, Zach said in past interviews that Ozzy is actually the one that taught him harmonica. So that, that's kind of a cool thing. And I absolutely love the jam at the end. So, Ralph. Yeah, I, uh, this song, I, I, I just like, like the guitar playing on it. I, I don't really, uh, as a song itself, this may be my least favorite on the album, but the jamming part, the ripping part is fucking great. <laughs> and it is a jam song. Yeah. It is like a jam tune. And uh, it kind of like plays a little too early in the album. But then there's a, a jam song later on that I fucking love on this album that's much later on. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, this would be my least favorite. But I, I again, I love this album so much that um, I can't say it's a bad song. But it's not something that really like grabs me. But I do love Zach's playing. And I think he plays his heart out on this song. As far as a guitar playing song, it's great, but as a song song, I think uh, it doesn't really do as much to me as every other song. Well, I think every other song in the album. I gotta look at the track listing, but I'm pretty sure this is the one that I was like, eh. But it's 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 an okay song. It's just not my favorite on here. Yeah, as I look at the track listing, this may be my, my least favorite on here. Um, but there you go, Ian. <laughs> well... You and me are back on pace because this is my one of my favorite songs on the album. Uh, yeah, because we had we had what was the episode we were agreeing too much. That shit was scary. Yeah, well that that hasn't uh, the, well it'll be aired by now. The Queensrÿche episode we were like spot yeah, yeah, on we, every song. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> it's scary. like what universe I are we? I wasn't in? enjoying that. <laughs> I thought it was like Twin Peaks and one of us was a fucking doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <Poppy>? uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I love this. But you know, as, as you just mentioned, you know what my taste—I do like the jammy band shit. So you you know me well. Uh, I, I love this. This has got a great, like, almost like a timeless. Feel. I mean, it's got a '70s sound to it, but it's just to me, it sounds like it it, it could have came out of any decade, man. I, I really, really like this one, uh, and I love the fucking solo. The solo on this is amazing, and and then the part jammy part with the outro. I actually thought that it was an, another song had started, and I was like, mm. "Whoa, this is a weird start to the song." And I looked, I was <laughs> like, "Oh shit, it's still the same song." Um, I, I really, really enjoyed this one, and uh, and again, Brian, I, I thank you for picking this because this is one who knows how many years I would have went without listening to this. And then, you know, after I did this, I immediately put it on my phone, so it's in. You know my rotation for work. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this song. And then we go into the next track, which is uh, "Love and Woman." Uh, and, and again, this is one to me uh, has like a timeless feel to it. And I was worried when I saw the title. I was like, "Oh fuck, it's it's <laughs> gonna be one of his ballads." Because my my only two gripes with with Zach is the overuse of the pinch harmonics. And too many fucking ballads. 
but I just thought this was a, a a damn fine, just a good song. And if, if you know a lot about Zach, uh, he is into a lot more than just metal. I mean, he loves that, but he's also like a huge Elton John fan, mm-hmm. you know, and he just loves good constructed songs. And this, you could kind of, you can kind of tell he's going even deeper than than his metal roots. Well, I mean, with the album as, as a whole, but especially on songs like this. And this is one uh, he has played off this album. In fact, I think it was on one of his last live albums, one of the Unplugged albums or so. He, uh, yeah, Unblackened. Yeah, Unblackened. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I really dug this tune. What do you think, Brad? Yeah, like you said, he's definitely influenced by Elton John, The Eagles, Neil Young. Uh, I think it's a terrific mellow song. I love his ballads. Uh, I think it's a nice change of pace after having three rockers in a row. Um, it's probably my second favorite, you know, quote, ballad or slower song on the album. Uh, I'm not a huge country music fan, like traditional country music, but if it was like this, it probably could convert me. Um, and I love that Zach plays the mandolin on this. Like, there's touches in the pre course which sound really cool it's a really well-crafted song there's layers and textures which kind of reminds me of zeppelin a bit um and this is one of the tracks that is definitely a precursor to what book of shadows would be uh, a couple years later so i i think it's a really cool song uh, now it's time for me to school both your asses <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> i want you both to go and everybody listening that knows that is aware of the song everybody go listen to a song called fly away by black it's the same goddamn song. Oh, you're right. It's like, I was like, dude, Zach totally ripped off Blackfoot. Now saying that, I love Fly Away and I love Loving Woman. I love, yeah, Loving Woman has a couple layers that Fly Away doesn't have, like what you just mentioned, the mandolin, but it's the same song structure, the same vocal melody. Mm. It was like, I was hearing this song, I never forget the first time I heard it, I was like, just fucking Fly Away. It's the same goddamn song. He just like changed the lyrics, and you know, of course, the, the solo and all that shit's different. But it's just like Fly Away. But at the same time, I don't care. It's still <laughs> a fucking awesome song. I love Loving Woman. I love his vocal delivery on it. You know, Lord, when he does all that shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, I love the little burp in the beginning. It reminds me of Ian. <laughs> and uh, I just uh, think it's a fucking phenomenal song. And yeah. I think this one would have been a good fucking uh, a single. Good single. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a great single. I think this one might have helped more than losing your mind because you know there's a, uh, you know, and, and you know it appeals to you know the drunkard. You know, give me a drink. And, yeah. And all that shit. And so. <laughs> is this, I don't know, man. this is. Is this uh, a song? Did, oh, yeah. I was gonna say. Is oh, this Oh, he, at least he didn't cover uh, "Fly Fly Away" by Lenny Kravitz. That would have been shit. Oh yeah, there you go. Because yeah. <laughs> Lenny Lenny Kravitz sucks. I'm Not sorry. Dude. I love Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> um, but is this a song where he's got the line uh, "Tell his woman to grab him a pork chop"? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't no, he says, so. "Get him a drink. Get him a yeah. drink." I I, th- uh, I thought there was a line where he says, "Grab me a pork chop and grab me a drink." I don't know. Maybe I heard this. No, no. He says something else. It's not oh. pork chop. <laughs> but I, I just started. Give me this and then give me a drink. I can't yeah. remember exactly the words. But it must have been that was on, pork That chop. was on the Blackfoot <laughs> version, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew about, no, but, about uh, to give me a drink. I must have misheard. I, I, it'd be awesome to know what the lyric is now because I could have swore heard pork chop. And I'm just like, who the fuck throws pork chop in a song? But I liked it. Oh, and I, I want to hear it again now. Well, I want to hear the Blackfoot <laughs> yeah. song because I'm not yeah. familiar. 
with that. I, yeah, only, and, and and I highly recommend that album, Marauder. It's my favorite Blackfoot yeah. album. I think the only Blackfoot song I know is uh, Train Train. Mm. Oh, oh, that's a band you need to look into. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, if I, you like, especially if you like Pride and Glory, you yeah. definitely got to check out. Pride. I've got their stuff. I've just never got around to listen to it. Start with Marauder, man. Marauder. Okay. Uh, Marquez's favorite is Saigo, and but uh, and Tom Catton's heavy as fuck, and Strikes is great. Strikes yeah. is the one with Train Train and Highway Song. You know that one, don't you? Maybe if I heard it, but I don't know it by title. Highway Song is kind of like their Freebird. It's got the long solo and it's okay. mellow, and but they, they got cover, oh, yeah, Blackfoot is great. Yeah, didn't they cover like a free song too? Um, like uh, I want to, I think it was Wishing Well. They might have covered. Yeah, yes, they did Wishing Well and Strikes, and so did yeah. Gary Moore actually did on Corridors. Um, yeah, they used to open yeah, up Blackfoot, a lot of bands. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of bands played Wishing Well. I never liked that song. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I never got into Wishing Well, but every version I've heard, I never liked. I was like, it's kind of like Mississippi Queen. I don't like that song either, you know? So you don't... Uh, and I, I, do you like rap? I don't know. Do you like uh, Mountain, Ralph? I don't know Mountain, and I should look into it, you know? Yeah, because that, to me, I hear a lot of Mountain and Pride and Glory. Mm. I will look into Mountain, but uh, nope. I mean, I'm aware of Leslie West, and I know he's yeah. a great player. And uh, but I haven't I don't know much about Mountain though I have I've heard a lot about him. Mm-hmm. You know what is his name Philippe or something like that in the band? Oh Felix uh, uh, Papillardi. Yeah. Felix Papillardi was shot by his girlfriend, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you see, I, I know that. And I don't know Mountain, <laughs> <laughs> but I've heard a lot of stories about that band. But yeah, and I know Leslie West is a hell of a player because I've seen him, you know, on on videos and stuff. I think he's fucking amazing. But yeah, he's got a great. But, uh, yeah, I, I should look, and I, and I've heard a lot of people talk about Mountain, but it's one of those, that's one of those bands that I never got an album, I never heard an album, you know, I never had a friend with an album, so, mm. you know, all I've heard was Mississippi Queen, and that's, you know, but then again, it's it'd be like, you know, well, I'm not going to look look into Leonard Skinner because of <clears throat> Sweet Home Alabama, because I've never right. really been into that song, and Leonard Skinner is one of my favorite bands of all time, so yeah. I should look into Mountain. Uh, you know? I'll, I'll have Mr. X send you some. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, send me some of that shit, <laughs> Mr. X. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'll get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get right on it. All right, Ralph. Why don't you take the next one, Harvester of Pain? Harvester of Pain. Uh, a kind. Uh, uh, it, it's it's another one that's kind of like like the '90s. There's too many damn songs on this album. So yeah. there's so <laughs> many great, great songs that. I don't think this one, like Shine On, doesn't match the greatness of the other ones, but this one is heavy. It's got that down, 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 right? That's the one. Down, down, down. No, no, that's that's, um, Trouble One. Oh, Trouble, oh yeah, I like that one. So this is the one one that kind of has the signature pinch harmonics in it, like dun, 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 wing. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah, that one. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's again, like Shine On, I I can hang, I, I like it, it's jammy. But it's not like um, it's not one of the standout tracks for me, and pretty much that's all I got to say about this. I mean, I don't really want to get too into it because I like getting too into the songs I really love. Mm-hmm. So, and this will be too long of an episode if I get too into it. So that's what I think. <laughs> I I think you need to listen to the records before we review them so you remember. No, no, I remember. No, no, oh. Brian just did that riff, and yeah. it totally came back to me. I know the whole song. Yeah. Well, again, uh, you and me, going back to the good old days, because this is another one of my favorites off of this. 
Uh, yeah. I, I think this would have been a good single. I, I really, this this one really uh, stuck out at me. Because when, when, when I'm putting these on, getting ready for review, you know, I got my notepad and stuff. But sometimes I'll kind of drift off. And this is one that, you know, made me stop and pay attention. Like, damn, this is definitely something, you know, that I want to hear again. Uh, I really loved it. Loved the chorus. Thought it was catchy. Uh I thought this would have been a much better second single than uh, Harvester and Pay. I mean, uh, Words Called War. Mm -hmm. I dig it. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, so like Ian does at the beginning of every episode, oh yeah, I love this song. <laughs> the intro riff is Vintage Zach. Uh, it's got the signature pinch harmonics. And actually, he doesn't do that that much on this album, which is, which is good. Um, to me, I hear this sounds like the brother of Crazy Babies with the intro. Uh, this is an awesome song, very Aussie era sounding, and I think if it was sped up more, it could, probably could have been used during you know no, no more tears. Um, Zach, I really like Zach's vocal vocals here, and the melodies are really good. The solo was fabulous, which of course you would expect in, the, in on a Zach album. But the, I think the cool thing about this Pride and Glory album is that no solo kind of sounds the same. He was really at the top of his game during during this during this era. I, I really love this song. Do you want me to no. do Chosen One? Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Chosen One is tied for my favorite track on the album. Uh, I love the bass intro by James Lomenzo here. Um, very heavy blues, kind of like Sabbath blues. Um, kind of sounds like a cross between Children of the Sea or Sign of the Southern Cross, along with touches of Robin Trower, who also uh, influenced Zach a lot. Check out Bridge of Sighs, uh, the song and the album, and, and you'll see what I mean, especially during the guitar solos. Um, again, Zach's vocals are awesome here. I think he's kind of underrated as a vocalist, um, especially during this era. And I like how there's like subtle orchestral uh, touches in the background that kind of beef up um, the sound of the song. And, and Zach wrote this for his dad, and he was a World War II veteran. And Zach always spoke, you know, really highly about his work ethic and his in his inner strength. And again, this is just a superior song for me. Uh, Ralph. Yeah, beautiful song. Uh, here, this is a song that sticks out to me. Um, and and it's like all the ballads on here I, I really, really love. And this is one of them. Uh, it's a little more heavier than your regular ballad on here, but uh, it's ballady, I should say. More, a very emotional song. And uh, the chosen one, it's a great song about his dad. Yeah, it even opens up. I remember, I think, the opening line. He says daddy or papa or something like that. Yeah, papa. And, yeah, and, yeah, and uh, it's just a beautiful song. And yes, I was going to bring up, like, I think that little orchestra shit on there really does, like, bring up the feels, as the kids say today, you know? <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love the chosen one, Ian. Uh, I think it's a great song, but where I disagree with you guys is I could have done without the kitchen sink shit. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I remember when I, when I first started listening to this, I thought, man, this, uh, I mean, the album as a whole, I'm like, there's a good good production sound on this. Who, who did it? And it's like Rick Pat Pashnar or some shit like that. And I know I, I saw his name on some <coughs> other albums in the 80s and early 90s that were very, uh, you know, of that time sounding. So I thought, oh, that's a good production job by him. But then when I heard that shit added in, I, I just think that the song didn't need it. Uh, and I thought it sounded kind of like canned, you know, like it, like it was done, you know, cut, tape, paste in the middle. And I mean, I'm sure he wasn't recording it with them. You know, most bands are going to record with the fucking orchestra and stuff. But I just felt uh, it 
it really didn't need that. And uh, I think it would have been more powerful just stripped down. But I, I, the song itself I absolutely love. I just could have done without that. But yeah, a great song about his dad. And uh, I, I can't remember if this is true. I think he's adopted. Uh, if I remember, oh, wow. if I, if I remember uh, no. correctly. Because mm. his, his dad, I mean, if, he, if you do the timelines too, his dad was, uh, uh, dad was a World War II veteran. Mm. So either his dad had him when he was very old, or like I said, I think I read somewhere that, that he was adopted. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, obviously a loving tribute to his father, man. And, you know, either way, and that's, uh, you know, nothing wrong at all with that. Like I said, great, great song. Just could have done without the bells and whistles. Well, that would make sense if uh, if he was adopted because of the chosen one. I mean, that, that would make perfect sense. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Might be right mm. on that. All right, so we all uh, covered that one. Oh, sweet Jesus. Let's go into sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, a, a big pass on this for me. Um, the thing I will say is at least it's short. Uh, there, there's, so, there's so many uh, Zach albums, you know, be it this or uh, uh, Black Label Society. To me, far too many ballads. I, and now sometimes... They're incredible. Like I, I think one of the greatest ballads ever fucking written is uh, "Spoken the Wheel" off the first BLS album. I mean that mm. just fucking amazing. But sometimes it's just there's so many of them, uh, you know, where damn near half the album's ballads, where, where it feels like to me, if I listen to it in, in one setting, uh, you know, and there's always child and lord, mama, you know, you know, and just like too many of them. And, and this song, man, uh, this one, you talk about being in this in the CD era, you know, just without the bonus tracks, this album's 70 minutes and eight seconds long. Uh, the bonus version's <coughs> over an hour and 40. To me, this, this one could have been cut. I mean, I know he's trying to show something here, like, hey, look how diverse I am, and now I'm going to do this song, but sweet Jesus, I don't need to hear this shit. Uh, you know, I, what, what I really feel bad about is In This River. Because, oh, man, it's dedicated to Dime. And, oh, man, I, I just remember thinking, like, oh, this is going to be the greatest fucking ballad ever. And I, and I hate that fucking song. And I feel so bad. Like, how can you hate it when it's dedicated to Dime? But as a song, I'm like, ugh. Uh, well, you know, he dedicated it to Dime after he wrote it. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, I, I found that out later. But even, you know, I've seen him play it live, and he's got a picture of Dime. He's on the piano. You know, and it's yeah. like, I feel like the worst person in the world for not liking that song. But I really, really hate it. And I, I don't get off topic. It's about Sweet Jesus. But it's just when he when he does that, I mean, if you, and, and, and Ralph will tell you, he always makes fun say, I don't like the heavy shit. But I don't like the fucking ballads either. I'm a ballad hater. <laughs> but every once in a while, something comes along that, that, that moves me. And Spoken the Wheel is one of those. I mean, just like, I mean, that's a song that damn near brings tears to my eyes. But this one brings tears to my ears. Uh, <laughs> just uh, not, not a fan. Again, not. I shouldn't say it's a horrible song. It's just, it's not me, man. It's, it's not my bag. If somebody else gets something out of all these fucking Zach ballads, hey, great. Just, uh. I'm gonna jump off that train. What, what do you think, Ralph? I'm sure you love this. Well, well, I gotta say, dude, me and you do agree. In this river, I can't stand that song. Oh, and and I don't, I don't feel bad about it because he didn't write it about dime. He just, all right, I'm gonna dedicate this to dime now. Right. And yeah. and you think that song's bad? It's even worse. The video where 
It's like Zach and Diamond's little kid. They didn't know each other's little kid. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I totally agree with you there. But yeah, you're right. I totally disagree with you with Sweet Jesus. It's a fucking beautiful ballad. Gorgeous song. I love it. Uh, and I was I was lucky enough to see him do this on the on the Book of, Shadows? Book of Shadows tour. Yeah. yeah, he did play this one that day on a piano. And it, I could be wrong, but I believe he intertwined this song with Candle in the Wind. I, yeah, I you're think right. he did. Right. He did, right? Yeah, I saw that tour too. And yeah, definitely. Oh, another yeah, song I hate. Win. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I love that song. And I, I love Elton John, but I've always hated that song. And I don't care if it's the fucking Princess Die version, the fucking studio, the, the live with the orchestra. I hate every version. I hate that song like you hate Mississippi Queen. <laughs> oh, wow. But, That's bad. Yeah, yeah, I really but, hate that song. I love I love Sweet Jesus because it's a it's a ballad, but it's definitely not a power ballad. No, and his and his voice on it is very not ballady. I mean, he's like swinging along, and then he then he screams like going out in pain. I'm real, I'm real, babe. Uh, forever I'm a child. I can't remember now the lyrics, but goddamn, it's a beautiful fucking song. And uh, but that I love. Zach Ballard, except for In the River. And there's a few other ones I don't like. But um, this one is like very much in the vein of Book of Shadows, too. It's got that Book of Shadows feel to it. Yeah. And uh, Sweet Jesus, yeah. It's a great fucking ballad and it's a great song. And, and one that got caught my ear the very first time I heard this album, I was like, wow, that's fucking beautiful. I love it. it it's not, you know, your, your by-numbers ballad. It's got that, you know, gritty fucking ugly voice in a way to a beautiful song that little contrast i really love it i love the the little vocal changes he does when he screams and he keeps mellow and i just love sweet jesus i think it's a it's a beautiful song uh brian yeah you pretty much covered it all uh you know like love and woman it's a it's a good change of pace song on on this album um you know this is also the track where i think zach's voice sounds most like greg allman uh, which i personally love uh, he channels the soul of Greg Allman plus Ray Charles. I mean, he's been influenced by Ray Charles, uh, you know, you can tell on the ballads. Um, and uh, Sweet Jesus, like Ralph said, would be played on the Book of Shadows tour, which I saw in uh, San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall. And, and yeah, it was like a dinner theater type thing, which was cool. So it was just him and Nick Canese, who was in Black Label Society. And Zach just played this on piano um, while, while Nick played guitar. Um, but yeah, and, and like The Chosen One, the strings are kind of well-placed and subtle, which fills out the sound, which I like. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for Sweet Jesus. Gorgeous song. All right, uh, why don't you take the next one, Trouble Wine? All right, so to me, so far, the pacing on this album is perfect. Uh, Trouble Wine is another heavy track. This was the song that uh, you thought was, um, I think, uh, Harvester of Pain. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I really love the use of slide guitar and uh, he uses it on the intro and the main riff of the song, which kind of creates a really swampy hard rock vibe, which I think is fabulous. Really love the riff. Um, to my ears, again, this this sounds like heavier mountain. So um, I, I also like to enjoy the subtle acoustic guitars that are in the chorus that kind of just fills out the sound. And if Black Label Society were to bust out some Pride and Glory songs, this would be the one I'd like to see included. Um, in addition to toe in the line, but we'll talk about that later. So, uh, Ian, uh, <clears throat> I love this track. 
Uh, this was actually the third single off the album, but no video was ever made for it. They just sent it out to radio stations where I'm sure it was promptly used as a beer coaster. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I never heard this uh, anywhere on, on rock radio. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think by the time this came out, even the, uh, we had a short-lived metal station in Chicago at the time. And I think that had been closed down for about six months. So... Never heard it, but I think this is a, a, a again a great pick for a single. It's a good rocking tune. Uh, it's just unfortunate there wasn't an audience for it, or maybe it wasn't pushed enough. Uh, you know, I, I think Geffen probably gave up. You know, right after losing your mind. You know, be, that being the reason Horse Called War was never shown on MTV in the U.S. You know, and they didn't make a video for this. Uh, it was probably just a last ditch effort to maybe recoup some money on the album. Uh, but I, I think it's a fine fucking track. And, and again, this whole album, what I love about it is how it, it's, I shouldn't say toned down, Zach, but yeah, you don't get the pinch harmonics every two seconds. Uh, yeah. you know, but you just get blistering guitar. And I, I, I think you brought up a great point about the solos, how everything's so different. And man, this guy, it's like the chains were just taken off. Not that he was restricted in Ozzy that, you know. I'm sure he brought a lot of great ideas, but this is just him, you know, showing everybody. And you know that was in the back of his mind, man. I'm going to show everybody just what I can do. And uh, this is just another solid rocker. I mean, I mean, even Sweet Jesus, I don't like, but I can't say it's horrible, just not my taste. You know, I, and I, I can tell the difference when someone's just playing horrible and when it's just not my bag. You know, Sweet Jesus is at least a good song. And everything on this is just so far, I mean, quality, and it's a shame, you know, and I'm just as much to blame, you know, that I didn't go out and get this and, and play it more, man, because I'm the one who lost out. Some great shit on this, and this is just another great song. What do you think of Trouble Mind, Ralph? Uh, I, I, it's, um, it's the one that goes, take your time, time, take your time, time, honey. Yeah. Like that song, yeah, that's like my second favorite track on this album. Yeah. Smoking fucking song. I love the the vibe, the delivery, the vocals, the guitar work. And yeah, now you know the, I can't believe I, I mixed the intro that that whole. <laughs> and then it goes into like, you know, oh what a great this right here is like what I love about Pride and Glory so much. All in one song because my favorite track on this album doesn't really sound like the album much, but um. This is like the best heavy track on the album. It's fucking awesome, killer, uh, right down the line. Great. I mean, Zach Wilde is extremely, extremely underrated as a songwriter. Yeah. I think that guy, that guy can write good melodies. As far as like, you know, we all know how great he is as a guitar player, but a songwriter, I think he's amazing. And this this song encompasses everything that I love about Zach Wilde when he fucking rocks out. This is like probably one of the best Zach Wilde pen uh, from his solo, uh, from his a After Ozzy. One of the best songs he ever wrote is Trouble Wine. Love it. That's what I think. All right. Uh, what's next? Machine Gun Man? Yes, sir. Yep. Machine Gun Man. First song I technically heard from uh, this album uh, because before this album came out, no, actually... Yeah, I heard this before Losing Your Mind because he was a guest on Headbangers Ball. 
Yep. And he played he played uh, Machine Gun Man acoustically, and then they went into the video. Mm-hmm. I believe. I mean, I could be a little hazy, but this is the first thing I ever heard. No, but, I remember that know. too. Yeah. Though I think this is a. Uh, well, even though this this is a different, it's it's electrified. Yeah. Uh, a song that he also played the last time I saw him uh, on that pre Book of Shadows two tour where he we opened up for with. Um, Losing Your Mind, he played Machine Gun Man that night. And uh, he did play it that day when I saw him with I Am Other Earth 3. That's another track I forgot he played that day. Uh, great song. Another great fucking pen song from Zach Wilde. A uh, little more mid-tempo, but uh, it's fucking awesome. And I always thought this was a single from the album, but I guess I'm wrong. No. <clears throat> but that's what I think of Machine Gun Man. I think it's a beautiful song. I think his vocals on it is fucking great, especially that that acoustic version. He's just belting that shit out like a motherfucker. Love it. And he can't sing like this anymore, unfortunately. No. You know, because when I did see him that day, he didn't really belt it out like he did on that Headbangers Ball episode. But it's a beautiful fucking song. I love it. What do you think, Ian? Yeah, I mean, he's just a, another rocker. Uh, Another one I think uh, could have been a single. I mean, there's a lot of shit on here that I think uh, had a potential. And this is another one that I think you you don't have to be a Southern rock fan. You know, this is one that one that would grab Aussie fans uh, just as much, or or just good music fans. Uh, I mean, you pretty much hit on everything with this one. Yeah, I just think it's another solid track. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I remember, uh, like Ralph said, I remember it was on, I think Ricky Rackman was hosting this, and he performed yeah, it acoustically. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I liked it. It was it was, it was was cool to see it like that. It's not, a, it's not a bad song. It sounds like heavy country. Uh, to me, it's a nice change of pace after Trouble Wine, which was heavier, and uh, kind of fits nicely with the ebb and flow of the album, and I dig the chorus. That, that's pretty much it. All right, well, why don't you take the next one, Cry Me a River. All right, so I don't dislike any songs on this album, but this is my least favorite song. So uh, if this album is packed with 14 tracks, Ian said it's over 70 minutes long. So if they were going to cut one or two songs, this would have been one of my choices. You know, they had already played Machine Gun Man uh, ahead of it. To me, this is the first misstep in kind of the pacing of the album because Crimea River is like a weaker Machine Gun Man. Again, not a horrible song, but it kind of sounds like filler. Um, Ian. Yeah, uh, to me, part country, part CCR, uh, not horrible, but I'll give it a full pass. Uh, th- this is the shit where he loses me. What do you think, Ralph? Favorite track on the album. Oh, yeah. And I shit you not. <laughs> I am not lying. This is my favorite fucking song on the album. I love it. Yes. And, and uh, Ian nailed it, dude. Total CCR. It's mm-hmm. when it starts. And I'm not even a CCR fan. But that whole acoustic, it reminds me of some CCR song. I was like, wow, this is such a lift from it. But God damn, I love this song. That, uh, 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 oh, yeah. I'm going to cry me a river. Oh, I love this fucking song. You guys are on crack. <laughs> and, and I remember, this is another thing. I remember the Book of Shadows uh, tour. There was a guy going, cry me a river. <laughs> between every fucking song and then fucking Zach at one point goes looks at him he points at him and he goes no <laughs> I, was like, I was like damn what a bummer I wanted to hear that too well that's the better than 
One guy at my show was yelling, uh, play my dope, my Jekyll don't hide. I'm like, dude, you ain't gonna fucking oh, play that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, Holy I'll never fuck. forget that. I'm like, you're on, talk about on crack. Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, this is this is my favorite track. And Brian never played live, right, Brian? Oh, no, you no, did I, see him play the whole album. Uh, You know what? I He may have played this because they did like an acoustic section. Um, and they played, which we'll talk about later, Hate Your Guts. So he might have thrown this in, too. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he played the entire album. So. Well, did he do a... Hate Your Guts on Book of Shadows? I'm pretty sure he did it that night. Yeah, you're right. He did. He did. Yeah, yeah I remember hearing that that night. But uh, yeah, dude, seriously, this is my favorite <laughs> song on the album. I shit you not. I always love this song. This is like, and it's very, you know, different than the album. It's not like... Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's not mellow, it's not heavy, it's like, you know, it's just a kind of a happy-ish type song. And very, very country-ish. Mm-hmm. And which I'm not like a big country fan, like I love my Southern rock, but I can't remember any Southern rock song sounding like this. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I listen to this song going, see if more country bands were like this, I'd like country music. Because this is kind of like a country song I dig a lot. I love this song, man. And yeah, it has that little... You know, every time I hear the song, I do think of CCR. I don't know what song it is, but yeah. there's a song that has the same fucking guitar, the acoustic sound. You yeah, know? I, I didn't get like a particular song. It just it, it lent me that vibe. I was like, okay, this sounds like some John Fogarty shit right here. I think it's that song, There's a Bathroom on the Right. <laughs> Bad Moon Rising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I kind of hear but, uh, Lodi, the song Lodi, kind of. I, I get that vibe. Yeah, I it. can see that. Is that yeah. CCR? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. see, I'm not a fan. I just I know it's one of those CCR songs that shows up on the radio. All right, well, why don't you take the next one, Toeing the Line. Yeah, the fucking epic. Now, this is a jammy song. This is my favorite jammy song on here, which uh, when I saw Pride and Glory, they opened with it. Long-ass yep. fucking song. And uh, ripping, ripping fucking song. And uh, probably my third favorite on here, right after, uh, what was the one that was my second favorite? Uh, Tr- Trouble Wine. Mm. Um, God, I love this song. Yeah, it's just a ripping tune. It's great. It was a great opener, a great way to open the, the, the show. And uh, I can understand why I didn't open the album, because you, you don't want to open the album with a long fucking song. Uh, you just want to hit them over the head with something a little shorter. But it's a great deep album track and something that he pulled out live, man. And there is live footage of him playing his pro shot in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's all I got to say. I, I love this song. So. I love Brian. it. Oh, go ahead. Ian. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> uh, I love it. A good, dirty rocker. Uh, and, and it's long without feeling long. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I like when something goes, you know, it keeps it interesting with this this amount of time you know it's not like it's not repetitive it's not boring it just like they feel it a hundred percent and this is where the the muse was taking them and i think it works perfect and uh and uh definitely pick the album back up after crimea river in my opinion <laughs> I, like, got, I like i like the little i like the little vocal uh that little vocal effect on it i'm throwing a line yeah just, it's so gritty and killer you know it's I don't know, it's just fucking awesome. Go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so th- this is a kick-ass song, and tied for my favorite with uh, Chosen One. Uh, 
personally, this would have been my choice to open up the album, but I get what Ralph's saying. Like, it, it's probably too long. Um, but I, I love this song. And again, every show I saw them play, this was the opening song because it really gets the crowd into like a, you know, a heavy rock mood. Uh, to my ears, Brian Titchy's drumming kind of sounds like Children of the Grave-esque, kind of like a galloping style. And I absolutely love this song. Zach's riffs, his soloing are all over this track. And then the second half of the song is really cool. It's got like a 70s vibe, and I hear a touch of, you know, the Hendrix wah-wah guitar uh, sound. So, yeah, th- this is this is a killer song. Right on. Well, Brian, why don't you take the next one, Found a Friend. All right, so this is where the controversy happens with the remaster. Um, in 1998, uh, Spitfire fucked up and uh, basically made toe in the line two two tracks and then left off found a friend i remember being pissed off because i was like how how dare you do this um but anyway this is a good soulful ballad i like it um i like it better than than crimea river um but it seemed a bit misplaced at this point because there's another ballad that comes up next which i think is far superior um with that being said zach's vocals are really really strong on this song so uh ian yeah, I, I'd check out again at this point. I'm like, God damn, here we go, another fucking ballad. I'm, I'm sorry, to me, one, maybe two tops. And if you got two, they better be fucking stellar. You know, and, and to me, this just, uh, e- even when I saw the title to this, I was like, oh shit, that's a ballad. And the whole time I'm listening to it, all <laughs> I got in my head is that fucking, you got a friend in me shit from fucking Toy Story, you know. So I'm thinking of that the whole time. I'm just like, oh, God, it's a ballad, and it's not even about a fucking chick. You know, <laughs> like, you hear this, and he's talking about his buddy, you know. And I tell you, if, if I wrote a song, you know, about fucking Ralph, it wouldn't be fucking sad. It'd be happy. I'd, I'd be like, you know, you hit her in the front, I'll hit her in the back, you know. <laughs> take 20 bucks out of her purse, and we'll smoke all her crack, you know. But there'll be, like, you know, hard guitars Yeah, remember it. when we did that? <laughs> I know, right? It was fun. <laughs> the songs right themselves. That's that's chosen one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, again, I I can't sit here and say that it's a terrible song. It's just not not what I want. I mean, apparently he's good at these, but sometimes they grab me, and this this one just fucking dropped me off the fucking roof. <laughs> and uh, I, I think you're absolutely right about the pacing because the you know you got another slow song following it up. Uh, so yeah, bad, bad pacing. And again, it's an example of the, the CD age. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially now that I've been going back and, and buying a lot of vinyl and stuff too. It's just, you really appreciate back then how you had to cut a lot of shit out, you know, either that or put it on another record. And, and this example, man, you could have got rid of this. My opinion, Ralph probably loves it. What do you think, Ralph? I wouldn't. I wouldn't use the word love. Uh, it, it's it's a good song. It's a good. It, you know. It's a. It's just a cool song. It's a cool emotional song. I I prefer like Sweet Jesus, and stuff like that. But I I don't think it's a bad song. But I do agree. It would have been fine as a bonus track. You know, yeah. Like uh, if you would have shaved this off the album, uh, I would have been fine with it. I'm not gonna sit here and uh, praise this song, but I can't I can't slam it either. Uh, it's it's a song, you know, it's just one of those songs on the album that doesn't make me want to press next, but it doesn't really make me go, oh my God, I love this song, Found a Friend, you know? And in a way, I kind of thought, yeah, maybe Spitfire did that on purpose, you know? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, now you reminded me. That's right. Tone a line in the middle of the fucking song is the next track. That's right. That's how they. That's how they fucked it up. You're right. I forgot yeah. about that. But uh, yeah, it's, no, I wouldn't say I love this song. But I'm sorry, and I do disagree with you because this song totally reminds me of how I met you. Oh. <laughs> I have more. I have more emotions for you. Oh. I finally found a friend. Oh, friend in you, Ian. <laughs> yeah. Now it's fading away. <laughs> All right, there now bring go. on the hookers and blow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Ralph, uh, why don't you take the last song? Well, the, the original last second song. Second to last. Yeah. No, the last song was always Hate Your Guts. Yeah, now, it was. Now, was that, that on the original pressing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Okay, um, I saw it listed as a Japanese bonus track. Fading Away, for me, has to be the most emotional song on this album. And, yes, they, he played this one, too, on that Book of Shadows tour, which was fucking great. Yep. I love this fucking song. And probably the most mellowest song on the album. Very emotional. The delivery of Zach's voice, the screaming toward the end, is just fucking great, dude. This is, a, a, like, probably the masterpiece on the album, I think. This is... Uh, the gold standard of ballads from Zach Wild, and I don't like all Zach Wild ballads, but this one is one I really, really like. This is one of my favorite tracks on the album, probably the fourth favorite, and uh, absolutely adore this fucking song, Brian. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is my favorite ballad on the album, and Fading Away probably should have just ended the album, in my opinion, because it's so well done. We'll get into that uh, with the next track, but regardless of having two ballads in a row, I absolutely love this song. It's a standout track on, on a stellar album. Um, excellent 12-string guitar solo, and that was done by James Lomenzo and not not Zach. And then, as, wow. as Ralph said, yeah, yeah, it's in the liner notes. So um, during the Book of Shadows tour, like uh, Ralph was saying, Zach uh, would play the song on piano, and Nick Kentonese was on guitar, and then I think Zach would play the guitar solo on piano. And then it, it was really, really cool. Um, and Zach, again, we've, we've said this, doesn't get enough credit about what an amazing musician he is. Not just an amazing guitar player, but he can play so many different instruments, writes really well-crafted songs, and, uh, and and I really, really like this song. Ian? Yeah, great piano playing, too. You know? He's yeah. a great piano player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here we go, another goddamn ballad. But, <laughs> like you two said, Wow. This one fucking blew my mind. Uh, absolutely love this song. It, definitely in my top three for the fucking album. I mean, I was really taken back like this, and it reminded me uh, how I felt the first time I heard Spoken the Wheel. You know, just wow. The, the emotion and uh, made me so happy that, uh, Brian, you even picked this album. Because, mm. you know... Now this one will definitely like always be on whatever device I take with me. You know, I don't have an iPod anymore, but you know everybody's got music on their phone. I, this would never leave my phone. Just an amazing, powerful song, and uh, really made me kick myself in the ass for not jamming this for how many ever years it's been out. Uh, great way uh, that that I thought ended the original album, but I, but I find out I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, very 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 great track. So we'll go into the next one uh, that is kind of like uh, Zach Hates Everything About You. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> you know, the 
everything about you ugly kid Joe, you know, this could be the Wasted Rock Ranger by Great White, you know, or Douchebag yep. Blues from Wasp. Uh, just a, a, a jokey, you could tell these guys, you know, are, are buzzed and drunk and just writing a funny <laughs> song. And sometimes they, they work out great and sometimes they suck. This one, I think, is kind of in the middle. Uh, I, I've definitely heard uh, stuff I think worked better, but definitely stuff worse. I uh, like my favorite part of this song is when he adds in, but I ride running over with my pickup truck. You know, <laughs> that line had me pissing my pants. <laughs> Some of the other shit sound like he was just looking for a word that rhymes. But every time that chorus hit, break it off drunk, I was, just, I was like, okay, now that's fucking genius. Uh, a, a fun song. It'd be fun to see him play this live. I guess you guys have. Uh, yeah, it, it made me giggle. But I could, uh, was it a hidden track or was this listed on the original? No, it, it ended the official album. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Wikipedia is wrong. That never <laughs> happened. But uh, what do you think about Hate Your Guts, Brian? Yeah, it's an oddball track. It's it's fun and silly, but definitely filler. And and to me, a really strange way to kind of end an amazing album. Um, just a novelty track with a catchy chorus. So when I saw Pride and Glory during their headline gig at the club, uh, they played this live, and the crowd actually really dug it. So I remember at the time, my buddy was really into country music, and he liked this album, and of course, this was his favorite song. And yeah, he, we were constantly, you know, if we wanted to make each other laugh, we'd be like, well, I'd rather run you over with my truck instead, you know, shit like that. So, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, I think this has been better as a, as a bonus track, but uh, yeah, it just, it is what it is. And uh, that's all I got. Ralph. Yeah, it's a fun novelty song. Um, didn't they play this on Book of Shadows too? I could have believed. I, I think I they think played they it did. that night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I'm pretty, yeah. yeah, they they did play it that night. Uh, it's a fun song and a funny a funny story behind the song. A story about me. I probably brought up this show uh, this story uh, back in '94. Uh, this song was released in '94, right? Mm-hmm. So it was it was that yeah that was the year of Sherry Childers or <laughs> no I'm sorry Sherry Childers, Childers. <laughs> the correct way to pronounce the the, the the last name this girl was a pain in my ass and there was one day she came to my house and she had a, a she, she had a fight with her mom and she had a 10 speed and she's like oh my I had a fight with my mom come in I'm like no because she was all drunk I was like no no you're not oh, she kept on kept on then I got really frustrated I walked out I grabbed her fucking bike and I go alright get in the fucking house I take the bike in the house and she's standing out there and she's like um, she's like, I uh, give me my bike back. Like she got all mad after like arguing with her for ten minutes not to come in the house. So I got really frustrated. So I grabbed the bike and I like threw it, not at her, but I threw it. And she was standing on a lawn. Like there was a big lawn in front of where I lived at the time. And when it, and then, well, I I threw it and then I I went out and then I fucking picked up the bike and I like brought it to her. Pedal your ass back to your mom. And then I walked back in my house, and when I was walking back in my house, she hit me in the back of the head with a fucking bottle of Schlitz that was still oh, that was still closed. Uh, the bottle didn't break, but it fucking hurt my noodle. And I fucking turned around. I turned around. I was like, "You fucking bitch!" And then she came charging at me, and I grabbed her. I threw her on the ground. I put my forearm on her neck, and I go, "You know I can fucking kill you." And she went, and I went, "Oh shit." <laughs> and I just stopped. That's the closest I ever came to hurting a girl. 
And I freaked out on myself. I was like, God damn. So I ran back in the house and she left. And then uh, she became roommates with my friend uh, Buckwheat. Yeah, I forgot Buckwheat. <laughs> oh, dang. He was actually on my Facebook. <laughs> He's actually on my Facebook. His wife okay. keeps hitting on me. But that's a whole other story. And um, uh, one time we were at the house and I, I we were listening to Pride and Glory. And that song came on, I Hate Your Guts. And I told her straight up, I go, Sherry, this song so reminds me of you. And she's like, why? I go, because I fucking hate your guts, you know? <laughs> and dude, ever since, she's, then she she's listening to it. And then I, I like left the CD there. And then I went by there again. She's like, I fucking love that song. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story behind it. That's, I always think of Sherry Childers when uh, when I when I think of uh, I Hate Your Guts. I think it's fun. It's a fun song. I don't dislike it at all. Not even a little bit. But yeah, I will admit it's a very much a novelty track. Yeah. But it's a fun song. It would have been better as a B-side, but whatever. I mean, it's shit. It's like tailor-made to be a B-side. Sure. You know, like like douchebag blues and stuff like that. You know, right. it's very B-side-ish because it doesn't really fit the album in any way except for the, you know, the southern the southern motif. But <clears throat> I like it. I dig it. And, you know, it's just fun. It's just a fun little ditty. You know. So uh, why don't we put that CD back in the fucking case and take out that other one? <laughs> there, there you go. Now we got bonus tracks. Yay! And Okay, let me see these bonus tracks here. Uh, starting off with uh, The Wizard, the Black Sabbath cover. Yep. Um, I don't know. To tell you the truth, I mean, I'm such a Black Sabbath nutslinger that it's not something I hate at all, especially compared to that other ballad on here. I mean, that other cover. Oh, boy. But uh, this one <laughs> is... Um, it pretty much sticks to what... I mean, it's The Wizard. It's Black Sabbath's Wizard. I can deal definitely better than Junior's Eyes cover. That's oh, for sure. God. Yeah, boy, that was terrible. Damn, you know that shit's bad when me and Ian agree. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I was but, so looking forward to that because that's yeah, one of my favorite too. songs of all time. I was like, oh, Zach's gonna do it, fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. And, and and then I then I heard it and I was like, no, not this ballad shit. Oh, yeah, Brian. Yeah, it's it's like a heavy country rock version of it. Um, I do like that Zach chooses chooses like non-obvious songs to do covers of, and he, he turns them into his own, good or bad. Um, when I saw on Book of Shadows, Zach actually played the intro to The Wizard on harmonica um, before going into something else, which I thought that was that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, nothing nothing really to see here. I mean, if if you like Sabbath, you like Zach, you might dig it. But other than that, it's it's a bonus track. Ian. Uh... I actually like this, and, you know, we, we just recently did uh, Ozzy Tribute, you know, and I complained about when other, you know, even Randy Rhodes plays Sabbath. But then again, you know, you got to look at the history. Randy didn't like Sabbath, you know, it's just something he was obligated to play. With Zach, uh, he has the passion. He loves this music, loves Tony Iommi, respects Tony Iommi. Uh... And, I, and that being said, he does fiddle with it a little bit. You know, he definitely puts his stamp on it, but he keeps the core of it the same. And this doesn't, uh, it doesn't offend me the way most Black Sabbath covers do. I, I really have a hard time with 90% of them, just because it's so sacred to me. Uh, you don't fuck with it. But I actually didn't mind this one. I, I enjoyed it. 
Now, uh, you know, Zach's about 50-50 on covers, though. Sometimes I'm like, oh, why do you bother? But one, and now this could be because I never heard the original, I didn't hear the original first, but his cover of Leonard Skinner's I Never Dreamed is not mm. only one of the, I think one of the best things he's ever recorded. I think it pisses all over the Leonard Skinner song. I was really excited to hear the Skinner song after I heard his version. I was like, oh man, I can't believe it. I, I got to hear this one. And then I heard their version. I was like, I couldn't believe he was even inspired to cover it, let alone fucking, you know, just, you know, totally make it a thousand times better song. Uh, but I, I think he did justice with the wizard. Brett Ralph, you're a big Skinner fan. What do you think of his I Never Dreamed cover? Oh, I love it. I, I, but then again, you know, I can't say it's better than original because I grew up with you. But have you ever heard him do Coming Home? Are you aware of that Steve song? Yes. It's awesome. Uh, oh, my God. It was never recorded as far as I know. It's it's live. You can see it on YouTube. He played it live. Yeah, Brett Michaels Lennon. is playing harmonica, I think. And Brett Michaels is yeah. on harmonica. Yeah, and that was pretty bad. But, I mean, he does such a smoking job on it that you kind of forget Brett Michaels is there. And yeah. Tom Kiefer, too. That's Tom right. Up there. But, uh, and the rest of Leonard Skinner. And that version of him doing Coming Home is so fucking amazing. And, uh, and so is the Skinner version. Yeah. But, yeah, I love, I love uh, uh, Zach's uh, cover of I Never Dreamed. But, um, uh, what's the next one? And Tattered's the next one? Yes, sir. Yeah, this is a really good one. acoustic one, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a really nice fucking song and uh, could should have made the album. Should have, like, taken I Hate Your Guts and put this one on there. Um, and uh, probably the best of all the bonus tracks I've seen. I love uh, Torn and Tattered. That's what I got to say about that one. Brian? Yeah, I mean, I, this is what I wrote down. Exactly the same thing. This is a great song. Uh, could it easily replace Take Your Guts and Cry Me a River? Sorry, sorry, Ralph. But um, it's a really done, really well done country ballad. And I'm actually surprised they didn't, like, maybe put it on the Book of Shadows album. Um, but maybe it sounded too much like Pride Glory era. Um, but yeah, I really, I really like Torn and Tattered. Ian? Uh, I love this one, too. I think you could have took off Sweet Jesus. You could have took off Cry Me a River. Could have took off Found a Friend. Why don't you just take off? <laughs> <laughs> take off, eh? No, you hoser. I love this song. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's better than any of those I just named. Very much a, a Neil Young uh, flavor on this one, which, you know, yeah. I'm a huge Neil Young fan. Uh, but you can see see that influence there as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great track. And normally when you get bonus discs and besides, I mean, let's be honest, most of the time there's shit that you'll never play again you know it's, it's just oh yeah okay it's a uh instrumental version or it's an unreleased demo or it's or it's a track where you're like obviously i see why this didn't make the album this one i'm totally perplexed why it wasn't on there uh, an another one that i would keep on my phone at all times great track and then we go into another cover in my time of dying by led zeppelin now this is one even when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I don't I don't know what how this is going to end up. And I remember this one. I remember specifically when I was buying the CD, when I got the remastered version, I got to hear this. It's either going to be amazing or it's going to be shit. Uh, 
and I think this was uh, the first one. I think this is an amazing cover. This song uh, suits him well, and he fucking nails it. Really, really love this cover. Uh, probably up there with uh, I Never Dreamed is one of my favorite covers he's ever done. What do you think, Ralph? Oh, I love it too, dude. Uh, I hate to spoil your party, but <laughs> no, it's, but again, I mean, uh, too biased when it comes to like the original version. But this one has a little more uh, grit and teeth to it than the original version. But the, <clears throat> but I I still will take the Zeppelin version way over this. But it's great that he did it, and uh, you know, almost you know, I, I like it more than the Wizard. Um, I, it's more, I don't know, it's a little more not so, uh, not so perfectly, uh, you know, played like the original version. There is that long jam section and, and, uh, but I dig it. It's a, it's a song I, I mean, fuck off, it's off my favorite Zeppelin album. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good cover. I, I, I do dig it. My favorite cover Zach Wilde ever did and I don't know Brian Brian maybe he'll tell you where to get it because I don't know where the mm-hmm. fuck this came from was his version of cal- going to California have you yes that? yeah it's holy a ja- fuck yeah. where is that from where so it, there was a Japanese only uh, import uh, tribute disc that I had a long time ago that has going to California and uh, good times bad times that he does uh, yeah the good times bad times like whatever but god damn the going to California yeah I agree yeah that it's holy fuck Fuck! It's so original too. He does. He takes going to California and makes it his own. Yeah. That I really, really. I mean, probably the greatest Zeppelin cover I ever heard in my life. Wow. And I played it to a lot of people, and a lot of people like that sucks. Really? Oh man. Yeah. A lot lot of people don't like that cover. I think he does an amazing, amazing. I I love going to California from Zeppelin. It's just so good. Yeah, he does like kind of the intro is very mellow and everything, and then he just like there's a middle part where he just like yeah you know, strums like it power and, chords yeah, yeah. It's awesome yeah I, I, yeah I don't power know chords he... and he starts screaming yeah you know how Robert Plant does it but he does it like his version right my be singing yeah oh, so fucking good I love yeah. his version of, of coming home and I just found that shit online on a download and I was like where the fuck is this from and I never figured <laughs> it out. Yeah, there was the weird things. Yeah, I think Sebastian Bach was on that. I think Sebastian Bach did Immigrant Song. Uh, there's all sorts of interesting stuff on there. I, I don't even know if it's still available. You may be able to get it as an import. Um, but yeah, yeah, if yeah you just, look into it. I, I want to own a hard copy of that. Yeah, yeah. I wish I still had it. I don't. I think a buddy borrowed it and never gave it back because it was it was tough to get. So uh, give it I, back. I okay. know, man. Come on. <laughs> Not a bad person. Uh, in my time of dying, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's well done. Um, it's a non-obvious cover song, which again I appreciate what, what Zach does. And um, but Ralph definitely mentioned check out "Going to California" if you want to hear a cool uh, Zeppelin cover uh, from Zach and just in general. Um, yeah, do, yeah. do you want me to do uh, "Hammer and Nail"? Yes, next? sir. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this kind of sounds like the brother of Hate Your Guts, music-wise, not lyrics. Um, it's a decent track, um, but it sounds like it was left off for a reason. And uh, it's interesting to hear, but nothing nothing special. Uh, Ian? Uh, I think it's a fun little ditty. And mm-hmm. uh, what I like about it is it knows when to leave the party. 
You know, it's a, it's only two minutes and 38 seconds. Uh, but And I think that's what I like about it the most. You know, you kind of get, you get what he's doing. I like the sounds on it, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. But yeah, it is, you know, B-side material or, you know, a little fillerish. But I, I, I dig it. I dig it. What do you think, Ralph? I agree with both of you, actually. I think it's great. It's a great song. It's fun. But it's definitely uh, the sister song of uh, Hate Your Guts. It's got that same kind of silly musical feel to it. Uh, Southern rock, knee-slapping tune. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a fun song. I, I really do like that one, too. I enjoy that one. But I'll take the last one, the terrible cover of the Beatles song. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the sister song of Junior's Eyes. <laughs> That's how I look at this one. Holy fuck, you know, it's like, why are you going to do this, dude? I, I, I appreciate people, like, making a different spin on on cover songs, but this one is like, like Junior's Eyes. It's like, no, man, it's just, it's not the same fucking song. You're using the same lyrics, and it really, I mean, it's taking away the charm of the Beatles version. You know, it's like, you know what does a great version of this is Trouble. And, really? Uh, yeah, but you can't find it anywhere. I have it on vinyl. You can only get it on. Uh, it's a compilation from Metal Blade. Now I can't remember the name of the Metal Blade compilation. It's a double album. Is it Metal and, Massacre? Uh, no, no. It's it's a Metal Blade album. No, it's not a Metal Massacre. <clears throat> and they do a version of uh, Come Together. It's really cool. Doomy, like a Doomy version of it, and it's really cool. You got to check that one out. Uh, but um, <clears throat> this is just terrible. I, I really dislike his version of Come uh, Come Together. That's what I think. All right, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I kind of appreciate the fact that it's all on piano, so that that's kind of different. Um, it always cracked me up. They threw in the, the motherfucker at the end of the song, so it was like, motherfucker, it's so hard to see. That was kind of interesting, but um, yeah, it's it's. I don't hate it like Ralph, but I, I don't. It doesn't jump at me like In My Time of Dying or, or The Wizard. Uh, Ian? Uh, well, I'm getting back on the fucking Ralph train because this sucks. <laughs> Oh my God! And I was—I was looking forward to this because I didn't remember it. I was like, oh, let's, let's see how he does it because I, I like Aerosmith's cover of, of it, you know. You oh know? yeah, Aerosmith does a great cover. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, and a lot of a lot of people have slammed Aerosmith's cover, and I can't understand why. Yeah, oh. I, I mean, I know it's it's overplayed on classic rock radio, but I've always liked it, uh, you know. And I do love the original, of course. You know, I love the Beatles. I always <laughs> love this song, but. The way he redid it doesn't work, and like changing up with, oh, mama, oh lord, mama, 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 you know the fucking oh god, I don't know. Nah, it it does that that southern shit doesn't work on this, you know. Uh, it, it it sucks all the cool right out of it. But uh, yeah, what what? Why uh, why was the Beatles from Southern Liverpool or something? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Before they became bikers. Yeah. Yeah. In the the Civil War, they fought for the East. I don't know. (laughs) Fucking hillbillies. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that that, that definitely could have been left off uh, and and never to be heard again. In fact, I already took that off. (laughs) That's one of the the tracks I took off when I put it on my phone. Like, yeah, get rid of that shit. (laughs) But, uh, in general, I got to say, man, what a great album. Released June 7th. 1994 and this did not sell shit I don't even think it went cubic zirconia uh, you know it, it's it's kind of a, a cult thing now and uh, 
Ralph brought up a great point. You do see that all over the internet, you know, people who rag on Zach. And let's be funny, you know, from the singing in a fake southern accent to the fake biker thing to all the shit and to the pinchar mocks. There's plenty of shit to make fun of. And but, you know, he's a great guy that makes fun of himself, you know. We'll talk about a sense of humor on this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and the nicest uh rock star I ever met. I mean I mean just incredible and the time he took with fans. Uh, nobody, nobody's equaled uh, what a genuine guy he is. But even the people who bag him, like Ralph said, they always go, oh, well, I like Pride and Glory. And I think it, it must have came in hindsight because nobody bought this when it came out, myself included. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't thank you enough because you, really, uh, you really made me go back and, and listen to this, Brian, and it, it's a great pick. And, uh, and I think you did a great job on the show today. So I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you, yeah, I'm guys. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to play it now after the review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to say, God damn, we should have talked about that part. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I love Harvester of Pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a shame the band didn't make it, uh, you know, make another album. But who, who knows? I got a feeling, uh, you know, he's still on good terms, I believe, with everybody, you know, from this lineup. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say it's definitely out of the question. And, uh, you know, he just did the other book, uh, Book of Shadows, too. So maybe that might, you know, went back and revisited Book of Shadows. Maybe he'll go back and uh, revisit Pride and Glory. And I met Brian Tishy as well when he uh, he was drumming for Jeff Tate and super nice. And I was drunk as fuck and kept repeating myself. And he was very patient and very nice. So I want to say thank you, Brian Tishy. <laughs> Yeah, you're totally cool. spot on. I, I I got to meet Zach after uh, I saw Son- the Sonic Brew tour for uh, Black Label at a little club, and I was wearing my Pride and Glory shirt, and it was just a, a beer can. And he was just super cool. He signed my shirt, and I have it hanging on my wall. I'll post it on the on the Facebook page a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I just always if you get a chance to meet him, he just he, he takes the time and he's cool and uh, not pretentious or anything. He's just a, just a super cool guy. Yeah, I, I met him. Uh... The first time I met him was that Book of Shadows tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, he signed my Book of Shadows poster. And the funny thing about it was everybody there, he said, I ain't signing it unless... Who was it that was playing with him uh, that Nick, night? Nick Cantese? Nick. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, said, mm-hmm. he said, I don't sign anything unless Nick signs it too. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so that I have uh, the Book of Shadows poster, and it's signed by both. And uh, I gotta frame that shit. I I love that fucking. That's like my favorite. Not only my favorite Zach album, but definitely my top favorite albums of all time. Book of Shadows. Uh, Book of Shadows. Yes, I fucking adore that album. And it was I a slow burn for me. Like, oh when really? I first heard it, I was a little taken back. Yeah, I was a little taken back by it. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I was like, whoa, this is very mellow. <laughs> you know, it's like a little too mellow. And then, boy, by the time that he came around, that uh, that's all I would listen to. Mm. So I went to that Book of Shadows tour going, and dude, I mean, you saw it in a nice restaurant. I saw it. <laughs> I, I, I can't say it was a bad restaurant, but it was tiny. Yeah. It was a tiny little restaurant, and it, it was just a little piano or a little, yeah, it was like a little keyboard thing mm-hmm. and two stools, and they just went up there and played for like two hours. And yeah. It was fucking phenomenal. And, it was and Nick, fucking phenomenal. Nick's a great guy to meet too. He was always super, super. Yeah, cool. he was very, very nice. Yeah, I, he was I very was nice. Sad when, very nice. I was sad when little cousin or little brother, whatever he calls him, uh, evil twin, evil twin. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I was sad when he left, you know. But I kind of understand it. I mean, 
he really never got to play on anything other than live. And I'm sure, you know, right. if, you, if you're a musician of his caliber, you really want to, you know, you want to do what Zach's doing because that's exactly what Zach's doing, man. I want to do everything and do this and show my talent. And uh, yep. I wish him the best of luck. I haven't heard anything from him since he left. Do you know, has he released anything? I think he was in another band, um, but I don't know if it actually took off or if he released an album. He might have. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't heard much. All righty. Well, that is that. And uh, I definitely encourage any of our listeners. I'm sure, you know, once Ralph adds the music to this episode, you'll want to go and check this out. And e- even if, you know, you're not particularly a fan of those Ozzy records or uh, that Zach played on or uh, Black Label, what you heard, give, give this one a try, man, because uh, great one. All right, well, now it is time for Pick of the Week, and Brian, you are our guest, so what is your pick? All right, so I'm going to pick an an album from 1994 uh, as well. Uh, It's a band from Australia called The Poor, and they released an album called Who Cares back in 1994, and uh, I absolutely loved this album when it was first released uh, back then. Um, They had kind of a minor hit with a single in in the Bay Area called More Wine, Waiter Please, and it was played a fair amount. And uh, yeah, definitely a Rose Tattoo, ACDC influence. And they actually opened up for ACDC during the Ball Breaker Tour, which was really cool to see them. Um, But sadly, they never really released a follow-up album. They kind of reunited it like 10 or 15 years later and released some stuff on iTunes, but it never matched. Uh, the quality of Who Cares. So if you're into Rose Tattoo or ACDC, you might want to check out The Poor and their album Who Cares. If it's like Rose Tattoo, man, I love Rose Tattoo. I'll definitely check it out. Cool. Alrighty, Ralph, do you have a pick of the week? Yes, I'm going to pick uh, Zach Wild, uh, Book of Shadows 2. Mm. Was that really, that was released this year, right? Oh, last year. Last year. Last yeah. year. Dude, I gotta tell you, man, it's, uh, and I can't like really sit here and say it's as good as Book of Shadows 1, but the way I look at that album, it's kind of like The Godfather. <laughs> you know, the Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 are just so equally awesome. But, you know, I've lived with Book of Shadows so much longer that I can't really make up my mind to say, oh, it's as good as Book of Shadows. But it kind of seems that way to me now. You know, time will tell, but man, songs like In My Darkest Hour, and uh, uh, it's just got a handful of fucking songs I love. And uh, I don't know if you can get that on vinyl now. I think it's probably expensive, but it was an exclusive on Target. Mm. Uh, and when it was first released, and I bought that shit, I have it on vinyl, double vinyl. And it's a, it's just a beautiful fucking album. I think it, it matches the greatness of Book of Shadows as I speak right now, but the future will hold. You know, If I Was a King, another fucking amazing song on there. They have records at just, Target? <laughs> Dude, I, well, I got it online. Oh, okay. It was a Target exclusive online. Mm. And I was like, geez, I don't know if anybody else sold it, but it's a double vinyl purple. And, oh, you know, you know, of course, I bought the CD when it, the first day it came out. Uh, All right. Well, my pick of the week this week uh, comes from somebody that definitely was an influence on the mellower side of Zach, and that's Neil Young. And I picked the album On the Beach. Um came out after you know the 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 rise in popularity from harvest and he kind of just wanted to go the other way when everybody wanted him to do harvest part two uh he did he followed up with a live album and then he recorded tonight's the night but it wasn't released because the record company thought it was too dark and instead they released on the beach first 
again, a dark album, but an amazing album. Walk On, Revolution Blues, um, Vampire Blues for the Turnstiles, See the Sky is About to Rain. Just a classic, classic Neil Young album. Uh, if you like them, chances are you already have it. Uh, if, you, if you want to give Neil Young a chance, I think that's a great place to, uh, to start because he has so many different sounding albums, much like... Uh, you know, Zappa or, or Prince or, uh, you know, artists like that. There's so many different eras of their career and different sounds. And uh, this is one of the more rockier albums. I definitely dig On the Beach. That is my pick of the week. All right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's Fan of the Week, and our fan is here, Brian Davis. And, Brian, man, we appreciate you so much, uh, you know, Donating the money to go to the Rock and Pod Expo. Are you going to be able to go to this? I'm going to do my best. Uh, I'm based in the San Francisco Bay Area, so if I can, you know, if, if work agrees, <laughs> I will, um, you know, make my, my best effort to get out there because I'd love to see everyone. Yeah, well, awesome, hope, dude. Yeah, hope you can make it. Hope, Thanks. Hopefully, I can see you when I go out this uh, this fall when I go stay with Bill Wang. Oh, cool. Because I'm uh, definitely going out to catch a catch a game at the Coliseum before my team moves. That's so, right. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to come down to the Castro and hang out, you know, get some cool. leather, leather chaps, and uh, we'll go to the, <laughs> hit the bars. We'll bring Lee Gersman, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, Lee's going to be there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Might make him bring his Casio. <laughs> but, That'd be uh, awesome. Brian, besides being a mega fan of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, you also have a podcast yourself, right? I do. I have a movie podcast uh, called Damn Good Movie Memories. Um so yeah, if, if you guys want to check that out, uh, it's we just do random movie questions every week and interview film buffs, and it's it's a lot of fun. So if you guys can indulge me, I'll, I'll tell you some of the subjects we did, and, oh, and yeah. you guys can give me your picks. So uh, what was the first movie you remember seeing in a movie theater? Ralph, do you want me to go? Yeah, because I don't remember mine, but I will tell you the first movie that had an effect on me when I went to a movie theater. Okay. Right, go ahead, Ian. Uh... The first one I remember seeing uh, was at the drive-in, and it was a double feature of Piranha and Meatballs. <laughs> nice. Oh shit! Yeah, Two classics. Yep, nineteen seventy-nine. I love Piranha. I, now I know, I know. Prior to that, uh, I had seen another movie, but I don't remember it. But uh, I remember my parents told me they took me to see something like a Bugs Bunny movie, and they could tell, like, yeah, he's he's not ready to be in a movie theater yet. But at, at this point, uh, you know, I, I, I remember seeing, vividly seeing Piranha and Meatballs. And, uh, Did and, your parents say that because they didn't serve beer at the theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, at the drive-in, we could just throw everything in the trunk, you know, and it was great. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's my, my first memory. And I miss, I miss drive-ins to this day. I, I sorely missed yeah, we still have one here out in San Jose, and it's really the last one left. But it's it's still fun to to check check those out. Right on. I have never been to a drive-in theater. Wow, can you believe that? And they have drive-in theaters everywhere. I mean, back in the, I mean, technically, I saw Phantom of the Paradise at a drive-in uh, <laughs> like two three years ago, but it was kind of like, you know, we all sat outside with the speakers. You know, they had like little beach chairs and shit there. Right. So, so I guess that was technically, but that wasn't really a drive-in experience because I've seen the movies. You know how drive-ins are, but uh, 
I did see a bunch of movies before this in theaters, but I can't remember for the life of me what they were. But the one movie that did have an effect on me, and to this day is my favorite movie of all time, is Jaws. Mm. Uh, I saw it the summer it came out, and it affected me so much that uh, the little Alec Kittner boy that got eaten up by the shark was my my first reality in life that we're going to die. <laughs> I, think, I think I may have seen... What was the name of that movie with Mickey Mouse, uh, Fantasia, or something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they re-released Disney movies back then. I, I might have seen that in the theater before that, and I kind of think I saw Willy Wonka. I'm not sure. But Jaws is my mm-hmm. first, like... And it was the one that got me into going to the movies all the fucking time, because when I came back home, I would go see Jaws. I saw Jaws in the theater at least ten times before they took it out of theater because that that had such a long run so yeah let me ask you so two more questions if you guys if you guys want them but this is kind of what we do on the podcast and uh so yeah, cool. uh, well, well before you go with yeah. that what was your first first of all how old are you so i'm uh, 38 so i'm okay. a little bit holy yeah. fuck you're old <laughs> i know no shit i always say that to younger people so what, what, what was your first movie uh it was et Okay. Uh, that was the first one. Uh, I'm pretty sure my mom took me in, uh, and I was probably four or five. And I kind of remember, but um, yeah, no, it was obviously uh, that was that's an iconic movie, kind of like Jaws, you know. You know, I've never the biggest the biggest movie of all time at that at that, that moment. Point. Yeah. I yeah. I have never seen the beginning of E.T. Oh, I, I my grandfather I don't, I don't my, remember. my grandfather took me to go see it, and I I believe there was a traffic accident or something. And normally I'm real anal about that. Like I'm the guy that can't miss the previews. I love previews. Yeah, me I, too. I, I, get, I always see previews. I, I could sit yeah. there for an hour and watch the fucking previews. I don't like these new yeah. commercials that they show. That sucks. No. I, I like you know regular previews. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, my grandfather uh, took me to see it. We got there. I probably missed like the first 10, 15 minutes. And I've never seen E.T. since I've seen it in the theaters. Wasn't that big a fan? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I really didn't love it that much either. I mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't really yeah. think it was like, wow, this is the biggest movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> this right is place, right time. Game show. Yeah. <laughs> so the, here's another one. Uh, what, what's your guys' favorite uh, soundtrack? Oh, that's easy for me. Uh, Phantom of the Paradise, by far. Mm. By far, the great. And another fucking movie I saw as a little kid. Saw it on uh, a Sunday with my buddy. Loved it so much. Went back to see it the next week, and it was already out of theaters. <laughs> Want to talk about a bomb? But yeah, I absolutely love that soundtrack. I play it constantly. One day I will cover Life at Last if it kills me. Uh, my band members don't want to do it. I got to find a bunch of musicians that want to do that song. And uh, it's a movie I own on VHS. DVD and the French version on Blu-ray and the brand new, uh, what's that name of that fucking company? Shout Factory. Shout Factory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, a movie that a lot of people don't like. You know, I've turned on a lot of people, and then, then there's one girl that I turned her on to it that she has a Death uh, Death Records tattoo on her arm. That's how much she loves the movie. Um, but that, Phantom of the Paradise is definitely uh, my favorite soundtrack of all time, yes. Cool. Yeah, um, man, I, I saw the question where you put it in the in the email, and I, I just yeah. I forgot to forward it to uh, to Ralph. But I was sitting here thinking, 
like I, I I really couldn't come up with an answer and and the and the funny reason is especially as a kid I bought damn near every so- I mean I had soundtracks <laughs> to the most obscure shit like I mean, I mean I'm talking movies like Tough Turf with James Spader I had the oh, fucking yeah. soundtrack uh you, you know I had all these 80s soundtracks and 9 times out of 10 uh you know, you're lucky if you got one or two good songs. But sometimes I love the song so much, like even now, you know, recently in the last six months, I've been buying vinyl like fucking nuts. And I've got two obscure, I bought a, there's a 1984 film called The Wildlife, one of my favorite movies. It's kind of Yeah, a, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, Eddie Van Halen. I've got that on vinyl. I just got the soundtrack to Secret Admirer with C. Thomas Howell from like 1980. Nice. You know, and, and, and but same thing. Like there might be one song on, in the album I really like, and the rest of it is such a hodgepodge of shit that was left off. But I was thinking back, and man, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I'm, I'm drawing a blank because I think of all these soundtracks, but it's always like I never, I think I found that soundtrack that I think is like perfect like an album there's always something like ah oh, why is that on there and shit kind of thing well can Was i it? can i yeah. can i pick another one because there's another one i like that has no vocals that's a real that's a real soundtrack you know the score uh, uh would be a uh, clockwork orange i really i, I, mm, I yeah, love that yeah. i listen to that one a lot yeah. mm-hmm. i do like that one too because of all the classical stuff on it my favorite soundtrack uh the first rocky i mean it's uh, it's iconic oh take me back do, yeah, do, do, do. Frank Stallone, and, 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 and I gotta say, that right there is my second favorite movie of all time, right behind Jaws. Yeah. Is Rocky? I was fanatical about Rocky as a little kid. Another one I kept going back to the theater. I even dragged my dad to see it, and my dad oh, yeah. was disappointed. He thought it was about Rocky Marciano. Oh, my dad! <laughs> my dad wasn't liking the movie at all. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, "Yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> He loved exact- the end of it, but. That's exactly what a the movie. Yeah, that's exactly the experience my dad said he had, and uh, he said like you were basically like jumping with every punch because you really didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it, it, it was it was really an experience. Dude, that movie fucking blew my mind. I mean, it, I became and to this day, and I love all man. I even love Rocky Five. You know? Oh no, <laughs> I do, man. I actually like that on that movie, even though it's Tommy the Gunn. stupidest one. <laughs> yeah, and that that Don King acting. Idiot, oh yeah, uh, yeah. But I love Rocky movies, but the first one to me, it's so dirty. It is. And, and dingy and, and so different than all the other ones that it's still very is. special to me. Yeah. That's Creed, Creed is awesome. Did. Yeah. Creed made me cry, though. I was actually crying in the theater watching that shit. When Rocky got tough. cancer. Yeah. I was crying my ass off. No, not Rocky. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the sound. Shit's old enough. I know. <laughs> I had the soundtrack to Rocky Four. <laughs> oh yeah, living in America, baby. Yeah, living in America. Another, which is, that was the one with the Russian, right? Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah that was a great one too. I will break you. <laughs> I saw that in California when I lived oh, in really? California. Oh really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I lived in California in the Man's Chinese Theater. I saw it there. Wow, oh, cool. This famous yeah. theater. Yeah. My other favorite soundtrack is the Blues Brothers, just because I love. Oh yeah, now that's a great one. Yeah, I had that. My all-time favorite comedy, right there. Overthrowed, uh, my what was my favorite? Up in Smoke. Oh, that's another great. Yeah. Up in Smoke. That is an awesome soundtrack. I actually read like a year or two ago. I bought it again on vinyl. That is an amazing soundtrack. 
Mm-hmm. Is that to have that, Eric in my eye? That yeah. has Eric in my yeah. eye. That yeah. has a searching, uh, low rider, yep. uh, rock fight. I mean, it's a great soundtrack. It's fun. And it has like little clips of the movie in between songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Um, bye bye, Lardass. That, that's <laughs> on there. <laughs> a great, but yeah, Blues Brothers, man, is the greatest comedy movie ever made, man. That fucking. The way they are just so oblivious of everything blowing up around them. Oh, and yeah. they just keep going. We're late. After Carrie Fisher blows up the fucking... Yeah. They come out of the rubble and it's like, oh, we're late. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing just happened. No. Gotta love that shit. Oh, it's a great... That and uh, Airplane are my two favorite comedies. Yeah, Airplane's great, too. I, my favorite my favorite part of Airplane is in the beginning when the people on the loudspeaker at the airport are fighting with each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I know what this is about. You want me to get an abortion. It's really the only sensible way. <laughs> that shit kills me, man. man. I have that on Blu-ray, too. That's, a, love, that's my, a classic right there. My trifecta, man, and I mean, I love, you know, Blues Brothers, too, but uh, Airplane, Animal House, and Caddyshack were one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, watched nine and Animal House is another one. Animal yep. House was like a very, very... Uh, a, important part of my puberty you know <laughs> watching that fucking movie where john belushi like gets on the ladder and that's yep. that's another one i would revisit in the theater but i tell yeah. you man the, the 1970s were an amazing era for movies because you look at the 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 movies that won the best picture i mean i can just go through it they're all classics like 1970 was Patton, 1971 the french connection which is amazing 72 yes. was the godfather 73 was the sting 74 was Godfather 2, and then 75 was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, 76 was Rocky, 77 was Annie Hall, 78 The Deer Hunter, and then 79 Kramer vs. Kramer. And it's just amazing era. I just think the 70s in general was the best. Mm-hmm. M- music, movies, everything, TV shows, everything about the 70s. Another, another movie that I was addicted to in the 70s in the theater was Foul Play. That's a yeah. I absolutely love. Dudley That's Moore, another this. great Dudley Moore, J- the Chevy dwarf. Uh, yeah, yeah, the dwarf. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That that fucking. Uh, that's a great fucking movie. That it's not on Blu-ray, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's on DVD. I do have yeah. the DVD. Yeah, yeah I, I do have the DVD. I just made my girl watch it not too long ago. She had never seen it. That's yeah, a fun. great, great, great movie. Yeah, I'm looking at my DVDs now, and, my, and yeah, I'm just like looking through all the '70s shit, but. High Anxiety is another one. A lot of those uh, oh, I love Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks movies yeah. were fucking great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturday Night Fever is, I think, the fucking... It's a dark movie. It's, it was so popular, but if you look at that movie, it's pretty dark. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty oh, yeah. dark fucking movie. But, yeah, I can go on and on about some of these movies. Oh, but yeah. Jaws, to me... You know, I own fucking everything Jaws, man. I have, like, 20 shirts of Jaws. I'm a fanatical when it comes to Robert Shaw. And I even wrote a song about uh, the speech. You know, the Indianapolis oh, yeah. speech. I yeah. took his speech and I put rhyme words to it, but I actually oh, nice. took definite uh, total lines from that that song, uh, that that speech. And that speech to me is the greatest scene I've ever seen in any fucking movie. It's just so good. And oh, the whole perfect. story behind that speech is half of that scene is him drunk off his ass, and the other half is him sober. Yeah, you know, that was two takes. But and that's another thing that's great too is the shark is uh, is working. Yeah, the bonus disc on the mm-hmm. on the new. Oh my god, that shit is amazing. Yeah, it is so amazing. And I've heard about that shit for years online, and it was so cool. How they added it on the Jaws uh, 
was it 30th anniversary yeah. or something? That's something yeah. I was looking for that forever because like yeah, you me said, too. It, it was all over, but like, you know, it wasn't complete. They couldn't get funding. And then all of a sudden just to come out on that, I was like, Oh man. Cause I mean, what was that? Like five or six years they were talking about that shit, man. Yeah. 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 And they even had a website, the shark yeah. yep. And I would keep looking at Charlie Benante's in it. Yep. And, shit. <laughs> and I was like, God, I gotta see this. I gotta see this. And it was never coming out. And then I remember when I saw the, the 30th anniversary is going to bring that. I mean, dude, I went and bought it. I didn't watch the movie. I put that on. I was like, I got to see this shit. And there's also, I mean, I own an AMC one, the making of Jaws. That's really good that I bought it off AMC itself, the, the, the channel. Oh, nice. Now they have documentaries. And at the right. end, of the, if you want to buy a copy of this documentary, I was like, yes. And that's a really good documentary, too, on Jaws. And Jaws is like, the whole story behind that, that film is fucking amazing it's just did, amazing. did you ever did you ever read the book yes I, and not only did i read the book i have the audio book oh cool yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. everything yeah it's different like uh the, the the mayor is like pressured by the mob and and hooper fucks brody's wife and yeah. Hooper dies and yeah there's a lot of bizarre shit in that thing you know when hooper dies like sure brody was like happy yeah. <laughs> he's getting eaten up by the shark he's like yeah good fuck you but you're so right about Robert Shaw. I mean, in the Sting too. He's perfect as long yeah, again. Yeah, the Sting, and and yeah. also, have you ever seen Swashbuckler? Yes. Yeah. Swashbuckler. Have you ever seen that, Ian? No. You know Swashbuckler? He does a little bit of Captain Quint in that movie. He starts doing. You know how Captain Quint does those little rhymes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does the same yeah. thing in Swashbuckler because Swashbuckler came out from the success of Jaws. Right. He became like a leading man in the next movie. And he was doing little Quint lines in it. And it's really fun. It's Peter Doyle plays like the bad guy. And it's a fun movie. It's a fun pirate movie. Yeah. And I own that as well. Black Sunday. You ever seen Black, that one? Black Sunday is good. Yeah. That one's great. That was filmed down here. And I remember when they were filming. And there's scenes where he's running down alleyways here where I live. You know? When, uh, But I can go on and on. Robert Shaw was <laughs> in one of the first James Bond movies. I think Russia would love. Yeah. From Russia yeah. Would love. He was in that one. Yeah, built fucking bad guy, and I can go on and on. What a great fucking actor! What, how deep. sad he died. So, <laughs> the deep, yeah, I own that. On, on that was like a, a spinoff too of Jaws, you know. Mm -hmm. But, but the, um, was that was that based on uh, eventually book two? I can't remember. I think yes, it was. It was. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got to see online. There's a, a recent interview with Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, he met Robert Shaw's granddaughter. And on a talk show, and, and he just started crying, like bawling out, like uh, when he met her. You know, it's it's really interesting. You got to check that one out. Yeah. And uh, also, also a little thing, uh, uh, Richard Dreyfuss in Piranha. Yeah, that, that, like that the, was the great. newer version. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great. Cameo. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a fucking perfect cameo. But I can go on and on about Jaws. I can I even own a Jaws mask. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm man. a mask that's a shark. <laughs> and I bought like this uh this reenactment, the boat. It cost me like hundred and fifty bucks. The boat with the shark on it, like eating eating quint and shit. Oh yeah, I've seen that. And yeah, I, I own it. It's a spawn. That's awesome. It's from spawn. Yeah. I, I own that shit. That anything awesome. Jaws I go and buy. Anything. Yeah. I, I have towels, I have shirts, I have uh I have even a necklace, dude. Check this out. On Epsi, I found a necklace that has Jaws. And then it's like two necklaces, and then the upper necklace has the little girl swimming. So it's like the jaws coming. 
I'm That's fucking bad. bizarre when it comes to Jaws. <laughs> and 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 I own every Jaws movie. Uh, Jaws, Even 3D. Jaws, yeah, I have J- 3D Jaws 4 where the shark follows them to the Bahamas. That's right. That's awful. And you, and you don't really know how the fuck it, what, what happened. To, was that shark made out of air or something? Right. <laughs> well, it just blew up because <laughs> the boat bumped into it. More importantly, it growls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. The worst movie of all time. Too, uh, did, did you have another question? Yeah, the, okay. yeah, and one and this one you should like this one, Ian. So what's your favorite 80s movie song? Oh, that's easy. Easy, without a doubt. Uh, I'm All Right from Caddyshack by Kenny Loggins. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I'm not that keen on 80s shit, so I can't really... I don't really... I'd have to think about that. Okay. I well, really, my... I really... Mine, I, I would, you just got to go with, even though it's not, it wasn't written specifically for the movie, but Better Off Dead during the uh, John Cusack scene. Oh, where, yes. Yeah. He's daydreaming um, at the burger joint, and it's the Eddie Van Halen burger dancing to Everybody Wants Some, and he's like singing yeah. to the franchise. I mean, that, that's awesome. Um, I love Weird Science, the song Weird Science from Oingo Boingo. I think that's a, that's a good 80s song. Uh, the song Oh Yeah was used a lot, like in Ferris Bueller and Secret of My Success. And uh, yeah, anything Kenny Loggins, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> awesome. I, I need yeah, to check out I, your I, podcast, I, man. If you talk about shit like this, yeah. I, would, I would love this that. This is exactly yeah, me what too. we do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly what we just went through. Uh, that's, that's what we do. We interview film buffs and just come up with a different topic every week. So. All right, and and uh, if you could, do you have like a commercial you could send us? We could. I can create yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, create, yeah, create one because I'm tired. We have the same fucking plugs every week. I'm getting tired. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no I mean, problem. We we need everybody to make new plugs, man. Even the ones that we already did. You know? Right. It's like every fucking you know people ain't listening to that. Anymore. Right. They just skip. But <laughs> but in case they do, man, let's put yours on there, bro. Cool. No, I really appreciate that. That that'd be awesome, guys. Awesome. All right, well, speaking of which, let's get to the shit everybody skips. The plugs. <laughs> Earpeeler, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K, 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007, you've been getting podcast. The Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right. It's your podcast. Every month, the podcast crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else. Whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. 
Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans and cult movie fanatics alike don't miss an episode of we watched it for you a guide to the lesser known movies of netflix available on itunes or wherever you download your podcast all right well if you dug that episode that was not only on pride and glory but a lengthy discussion on jaws come back next week when once again you paid for it, you get it, presents something that chances are drives Ralph batshit. That's oh, next no. week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.